What's up? Ladies and gentlemen of uh, The Big Breakfast, uh, Boogie298, coming at you live once again through the power of the internet. Boogie's back and you're going <laughs> to be back. in trouble. What oh. do I need to yeah. scold these? What do I need to yeah. Yeah. What do I need to scold these guys about for while I was gone? <laughs> what did you guys do wrong? Did well, you do anything wrong? Did you finger each see. other? Well, I can't say. I don't know. What? We, we made a lot of jokes based uh, on tooth. <laughs> yeah, we made oh, a lot yeah, of tooth humor. humor. That's we had a lot, a lot of, of tooth, tooth humor. humor. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are going to be staring at my new teeth right now, and they're going to be like, wow, they are really white. Tell them what they look like in real life. They're not this white. They're not life. actually that white. Yeah, they, he got the, the natural color, and I think it's, it's the camera and the lighting is making them just look like, uh, oh, my God. It's like you get chalk in your mouth. And there's like slightly too many of them. <laughs> in real life. They uh, they glow in the dark actually. Yeah, yeah. It was. I'm really glad you got that mode. Uh, it makes the raves that we do every Saturday a lot more fun when you have glow in the dark yeah. teeth. Sorry, I missed you guys so uh, so much. Sorry, I missed a few episodes. Number one, I'm relearning how to speak. As you guys can tell, I still have a lisp. I'm doing my um, voice exercises. Thanks, Stephen King, for teaching me the phrase. He thrusts his fists against the post and still insists he sees the ghosts because I'm using that phrase, which I okay. learned from the book It. <laughs> um, when I was a kid to, to relearn how to speak. Secondly, I, I, I went and I clad with uh, McJuggernuggets. For those of you listening, download yeah. Storyfire. I'm going to start uploading exclusive Francis-style content to that platform soon. Nice. Um, Storyfire.com, S-T-O-R-Y-F-I-R-E.com. Um, then I went and got the surgery. Then I came home and recovered. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but I'm going to because of transparency, right? Like, I don't care. Mm. Um, I got, uh, I had a bit of a uh, um, relapse while healing. So on Thursday, when I filmed PKA, I had some sutures open up and I started bleeding. So I called my doctor and I'm like, hey, doc, what's going on? And he goes, are you talking a lot? And I'm like, hardly at all. I've worked since I got home. He's like, well, how much have you talked today? And I'm like, I filmed a four-hour podcast. I streamed uh, for three hours. I made a video for like that took like an hour of talking. He goes, sit down and shut up, idiot. <laughs> well, of course you're bleeding out of your mouth. You're ripping your mouth apart every time you move. He's like, I said, you told me to talk. He goes, a normal human amount of talking. Not eight hours straight in a day. Right. I thought all, I thought the only talking you were gonna do was through the Taco Bell drive-through. Okay. I didn't know that you were gonna talk for eight hours in a day. You know. So, so Dr. Rose, did you like that? No, That's I messed up. Did, but uh, but uh, it, was, it, was, it was actually kind of cool. I'll tell you one of the coolest things about one of my doctors. not going to say his name, which one it was. Mm-hmm. But one of the doctors I met was a fellow magic collector. Was it Dr. Phil? Let's say it was Dr. Phil. Yeah. But he's a fellow magic collector. And I don't, because he owns such valuable cards, I don't want to even tell you his name. I don't want you trying to figure uh, him out. Sure, yeah. But on the day that I got my surgery, and I didn't include this in the video, he's like, you ever seen an alpha black lotus in real life? And I'm like, I have, I have, I've seen one. And he goes, you ever seen a 9.5? And I went, no. Cause there's only like a handful of 9.5 alphas in the world. There's less than a thousand. Right. And there are no tens. No one's ever discovered a 10. So a 9.5 is as good as it gets. And he showed it to me and I held it in my hands. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I'm leaving right now. Cause that's like 80, $90,000 right there. That's insane. Um, and then I was like, you have any more cards? He goes, well, Maybe. And so after <laughs> surgery, when I came back and got my teeth, while we were waiting for him to make some modifications to my teeth, um, 
they he showed me a whole box of power. It was insane. I, wow. It was, so it was cool that uh, one of the doctors that was inside my face was uh, also a magic light. Weird way to put it, but all right, yeah. So how you been, Jacob? What what have I missed in the last couple weeks? What have you been doing, Jacob? I've just been playing video games, doing the stuff. Mm -hmm. You've been playing Mortal Kombat, right? I've been playing a bunch of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I'm really digging that game. It is, the core gameplay is a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff revolving around it that is maybe not not so great. It's, uh... It's so frustrating because when I went to the Mortal Kombat 11 release, um, oh, preview. okay. I thought you meant like the 11th tournament of Mortal Kombat. The no, I wish fight for cool. the soul of the of the world. That would be okay. Yeah, but so I'm I, I talked to Ed Boone on my way out of the the event, and I'm like, Hey, Ed, did you talk to Angry Joe about microtransactions today? And he says, Yeah. And I said, Then just imagine whatever Joe said. I also said, so I don't have to get on to you about it as well. And he's like, Okay. And I'm like, Please don't fuck it up. And then I left. That was the last thing I said to Ed Boone. And then this game—you should have said it as well. It's it's really monetized. It's here's the thing: if you just buy the game and all you ever do is go to online fighting and all you ever do is go to local and 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 then play through the story mode, you'll never care. You will never even notice that stuff is there if you don't care about skins. If you don't care about seeing the fatality codes on screen, you will never give a shit. You will never even come into it in contact, right? And I get that. I get that the game's designed that way. It's also designed in a way that would keep 2K happy. So there is monetization in there for reoccurrent user spending, which is what they call microtransactions mm-hmm. now. <sighs> and it's just the crypt is marketing bullshit. The crypt was really cool the first time they did the crypt because it allowed you to like go in and unlock fatalities and skins, right? And people could map it out and you could know where to go. Now this time the crypt is RNG. So it's yeah. like it doesn't matter what the chest, which chest you open, you're just gonna get something random. It's so frustrating. Like, why build your game that way? Now, don't get me wrong. You play through story mode. You play through some towers of time. You're gonna get a lot of augments. You're gonna get a lot of skins. You're gonna get a lot of stuff. But you're gonna play for thousands of hours if you're a completionist and you want every skin and you want everything. And that's how mm-hmm. that game is absolutely designed. You can, as far as I know, get every item in the game by playing it. Though, is that? Do you know if that's true, Jacob? Uh, I can't speak to that. I think that might be true, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's uh, how it is. They said on the combat cast just yesterday that the game isn't designed to force people to spend money, which kind of implies that you can get everything in the game by just playing the game. Okay. Right. right. So at the end of the day, I get it. I get it. I just don't like it, you know. And yeah. So if you decide not to play Mortal Kombat 11, you will be missing what is effectively the best Mortal Kombat game to date. Though 10 is relatively X is relatively close to as good, but graphically can't even hold a candle to the like. It's incredible how good this game looks. But if you choose not to buy it because of that, I understand. Not only is the uh, are the graphics great, the character design is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Every oh, yeah. character feels very diverse, and there's a lot of uh, room to play around and, and have different uh, play styles and stuff. It's it's a really like well designed fighting game, cool. uh, and I'm definitely in the camp of not caring about having all of the skins because right. I can only use one at a time, anyways. So mm-hmm. why would I need more than one? Right. Uh, but I definitely understand how that is frustrating. Right. I, yeah, it's. I so hate difficult. That, I hate that they locked um, introductions and winning poses behind, a, uh, you know, like the grind wall. That's frustrating because I I, I hate the fact yeah. that my Aaron Black 
can only shoot the buzzard out of the sky. And I'm so tired of seeing that animation. I, w- I wish that was something as simple as that was just part of the diversity of the game. But uh, well, that's uh, 2019 so, for you, I guess. On I the guess so. um, on the combat cast, uh, they talked about uh, a new update as well to um, help ease some of these problems that people are having. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, so they're talking about making towers easier, which towers are kind of like repeatable combat where you start at the bottom and you fight a series of fighters, and they're like weird modifiers that will affect the game to make it a little bit harder for you. Uh, like somebody will shoot missiles from you off screen, or there are patches of ice, and if you stand in them, you freeze, stuff like that. Uh, people were complaining that the towers are too hard, and they are, uh, and they are. It's at one at, on one of the towers, not like the learning towers, but one of the random daily towers or whatever. I was fighting Sonya with two summons and rockets firing at me, undodgeable rockets firing at me every three seconds. You can't do a combo, you can't do a throw, you can't do anything like. I get it, but that wasn't a hard tower. That wasn't an ultimate tower like it was in Injustice 2. That was a medium tower. That is a, that's not a medium challenge. That's insane, right? Well, and and oh, I agree with you. They're vastly too hard. The thing that they push whenever you lose to a tower is, hey, did you know you can use a skip fight token to mm-hmm. skip this fight because it's Do too those hard cost to clear money? Oh, they definitely cost money. Would you like to use a consumable that is a one-time use item that's a random drop to help you better fight the tower? Well, okay, so my question is I've never seen skip fights for sale. I've always found them in the I've only found them in the um in the tower or in the crypt. So uh yeah, but you have to uh, go and unlock the stuff out of the crypt. Right, right. So but it's behind RNG. a Yeah, but it's behind a grind wall. I don't think you can actually purchase Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's more reasonable. One of the issues that I had heard about was that they are selling um, fighters that you unlock through the story mode, and they're not very clear that you will get those fighters for free if you just continue to play the game. Yeah, Frost is the only one that's locked behind uh, the grind wall playing through the story mode. You only have to get to Chapter 4, which takes like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So right. again, like that's not that's not bad. I don't think it's bad that you get to unlock that guy for free. I think it's weird that they are selling him early when you could just play the game for four hours. To right. Unlock him. Right. Exactly. That seems like you're trying to trick people who are not going to like read up or realize that they're going to get to unlock that guy. Well, they do. They're going to have to pay for him. To be fair, they do hover. If you hover over Frost, they say beat chapter four of the story mode. Or, okay. Or pay to unlocker. That's good. Um, so they they even tell you it's chapter four, so you don't have to play for like a little while. But Shao Kahn was a pre-order bonus and six nine five ninety nine if you didn't pre-order. And I got a review copy, so I didn't get a pre-order. I bought it on the Xbox, and I bought it. I bought it on the Xbox, but I got my review copy on PlayStation. Oh, he's dying. That's it. He's gonna explode. They're gonna fly out of his head. Oh my god, I'm sneezing so bad. My sinuses are swelling, reducing swelling still. My all of this area has been sore since the surgery, so it's getting a lot better. But I'm, now that it's not swollen as, as much, I'm sneezing a lot more, and my my, um, my voice is changing. But yeah, it, it. So I don't know. It, it's it's so, a lot of inconvenient monetizing, and I just don't like it. Uh, so uh, one of the other things they're doing in the update is um, they're going to change some of the unblockable shit. Uh, that comes up in the tower so that you can block it. Because that's one okay. of the things that people are complaining about is it's not fun to play a game that requires you to do a bunch of combos when the game itself interrupts you and stops you from doing these mm-hmm. combos. That's just kind of frustrating and not Amen. very fun. Yeah. And, okay. and I have 100% agree with that. That's 
boring. That's not fun gameplay. So, uh, and they're also going to roll out a pack of currency for all of uh, for players, but they didn't give a specific date on that. That'll have a bunch of coins, hearts, all kinds of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. I saw a video talking about Angry Joe. Okay, so number one, I want to be fully transparent. Um, I got a review copy of Mortal Kombat, and I also got flown out to see the reveal of Mortal Kombat 11. Obviously, I've said this before. I'll say it over and over again every time I talk about something like this. So if you saw my review of the game, I talked about the core game like play loop being very, very good, and that I think you will enjoy the game, and that the monetization and that the towers and the crypt all needed work. And that was my overall review. And Angry Joe had a different take. Angry Joe was very, very angry about the crypt. He was very, very angry oh. about the, um, the, uh, the, the towers and was very, very angry about the monetization. But because the folks at NetherRealm said they were going to fix all of that, he, pre, pre, he did the rant, but before he did the rant, he explained he doesn't really feel that way anymore, but he did it while it was live and wanted to show it to you anyway. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are calling him a backpedaler because since they said they were fixing it, they were going to fix it, that he is, he's being soft now. So here's my question. Should we always be mad at Nether Realms forever and ever? Should we throw this game into the trash bin? Or if they try to if they try to make it better, because there are a lot of people who point to Anthem, and Anthem obviously was horribly monetized. Uh, there's been a bunch of games that come out with tremendously poor design and poor uh, monetization, and then they scale it back, and then everybody's like, okay, well it's still bad, but it's not as bad as it was. I don't think that's what Nether Realms was doing here. Do you? So it's hard to say, like, it's it's a case-by-case thing, right? When you're talking about Anthem and people's reaction to EA over monetizing a game and then saying, like, okay, well, we'll walk it back. We, we want to keep at Anthem. We want to make it the game that we promised it would be. Nobody fucking trusts you anymore, EA. Right. You, you have no credibility at all. Everybody hates you, and for pretty good reason. So when it comes to something like NetherRealm, I don't know enough about the company, but... Is this something that they do all the time? They certainly don't have the same kind of like PR disaster that EA does. Not really. I mean, Injustice 2 had um, loot boxes to some extent, but they were Mm -hmm. so arbitrary that I never felt the need to ever crack one open. Like they gave me a premium currency in that game and allowed me to go use it. And I never even did. I just played the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If a developer says, hey, we hear you about the issues with our game and we're going to work to fix them. I, I mean, I guess I was going to say the only thing that I could want more than that is that there was nothing wrong to begin with. But that's pretty unrealistic. Right. That's that's like the best we can hope for. That's what we want from developers to acknowledge issues in their game and say, hey, this is how we're going to fix them. And this is when we're going to fix them. Now, whether or not they actually do it, that's that's when we decide if, if we say, fuck NetherRealm, we don't trust you anymore, or, hey, good job, you, you guys did the thing. Right. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I, I will say one thing. I told Ed, because um, I do talk to him a little bit on Twitter, I told him, I wish you had went with the Smash Brothers business model, where you give me the core game, and the core game has no microtransactions, but you give me DLC, and that includes new stages and new characters and new stuff, and allow me to buy it. And if you want cosmetic skins make cosmetic skins like they did with uh with x where you had the 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 classic skins and the alternative skins and the the cold war skins and let the people who want those skins buy those skins the predator skin i mean they're great skins i bought them i bought the mortal Kombat x ones because they were amazing amazing skins predator scorpion where he looks you know like thermal imaging it was amazing that was a great skin even though i don't know what why it wouldn't be all red because it's scorpion or whatever but what screw (laughs) you 
Um, but but yeah, I, I I wish you'd gone with the Smash Brothers business model. That's how that's the business model every game should have. And you can say what you want to say about DOA six for having too many boobies in it, or not having enough boobies in it, or having too much skin, or not enough skin, or Just whatever. Just the right amount of boobies, right? But what you what you can say is that game is overly monetized by skins. But what you can't say is that you're forced to spend a lot of money in that game. You are still forced to have pre-ordered to get a core character out of DOE 6. There's still a bunch of characters that are coming. That is still preferable, in my mind, than a ludicrous grind wall. But I don't know. It's it's difficult. This It's so weird that this is what gaming is in 2019. There's one other thing I want to say about NetherRealms. Because I don't know if you guys have heard the rumor. But we now have to put NetherRealms in the same box as BioWare. And Epic, all companies who are now notable for overworking their employees mm. and Rockstar. And let yeah. me just be honest: I talk to a lot of developers. Every development company does this. It's not a surprise. Blizzard has gotten in trouble for that as well, right? Um, but I, 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 I'm worried about Borderlands Three. I really am because it's mm. 2K Games that owns that. Um, and they obviously went with the Epic Store exclusive, and there's a lot of drama surrounding that. And I'm going to get a chance to talk to the developers. I'm traveling this week, and I'm going to get a chance to talk to the people making Borderlands 3 and hopefully stick a microphone in Randy Pitcher's face and say, hey, talk to me about some of the stupid decisions you've made. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try really hard. Hopefully, I'm going to get to play the game and bring you guys some gameplay for my channel. But that said... um, why is gaming like this in 2019? Why is everybody so thirsty? It's it's not. I think it's not it's a sustainable a big, model. It's not a sustainable model. Absolutely not. And I'm gonna totally rip off Jacob here because you said something. I think in one of the the last episodes that uh, stuck out at me as being very poignant. It's a growing pain as we transition into this games as a service model, where it used to be that some games were built that way and some games were not, and now. Every game, every especially every AAA game, is desperately trying to become games as a service. We're moving into that with Stadia and and these like cloud compute cloud computed games. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff, and and when we get these like weird transitional problems, when we get these like games that are just full of microtransactions and don't really know what they're doing with them, I think that that's why. So here's one of the other reasons that this is an unsustainable model, and it loops back to what I was saying about Nether Realms, hundred hour work weeks. While working on Injustice 2, that's what somebody has said. Um, mm-hmm. You can find the articles for yourself. I don't know if they're true. I wasn't there. I just know what certain people that have worked for that company have said. Mm-hmm. Then they were saying, leading into Mortal Kombat 11, 100-hour work weeks, that one guy in a four-month period only took one day off, and it was to attend a wedding on his birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what a nightmare. But that is not an unusual scenario, because we've seen it at Rockstar. We've seen it at Blizzard. We've seen it at Epic. We've seen it at almost every gaming company. But the way it used to be, the way it used to be is you would finish Warcraft 3 mm-hmm. and then you would get two months off because you had to crunch so hard to get Warcraft 3 out. And then there would be a skeletal crew that stuck around to patch the game to fix the game. But most of the developers of that game got a few months off. They got to go celebrate. They got to cash that big check. They got to drive that Ferrari they purchased, okay? Mm-hmm. And then EverQuest rolled along in my life. And when EverQuest, EverQuest rolled, along, uh, rolled into my life, I started talking to the developers there. Your Jason Mashes, your Paul Caricos, all of those guys. And they were working 70, 80, 90 hour work weeks for, on an expansion. Then the expansion would drop. And then they would have to continue working on that expansion because just like the World of Warcraft model, the content wasn't finished day one. 
So then for the next three months, they're working on that expansion. Then they shift over to the next expansion team. Once the content was done there and waiting for players to play through it, they'll leave a skeleton crew there to fix problems with the previous game. Where was the gap? Jason never got a gap. Paul never got a gap. They just worked continuously. Six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, 36 months in a row without a day off, without a week off. Mm-hmm. And now the entire industry is EverQuest. Mm-hmm. Every game is a, a, a live service model. That means crunch time never ends. Anthem has been out for six weeks. Do you think they've gotten a break? No. No. No, absolutely not. not. Right? I'm sure because all eyes are on them right now, maybe they're only working 50-hour weeks, maybe sometimes mm-hmm. as little as 40 but they're certainly not getting that vacation they were promised. They're certainly not getting to drive that Ferrari. They're not getting that two months off. And they never will until EOA, EA shuts down Bioware, which I think at this point might be inevitable. So that's the only vacation is a pink slip. Mm-hmm. How is the industry becoming this? And Jim Sterling has made a video very recently saying um, crunch is abuse. And I agree entirely. As someone who has made himself work, here's a story I very rarely ever told. Um, Back in the days when I was doing my own web design and I was helping running these adult sites and all this stuff, there was a guy out of Florida that I met who made a million dollars in a year. Went from next to nothing, like a $10,000 investment, to making a million dollars profit. Profit in a year. had a million dollars in his bank account. And he was working 24 hours a day. And he was in his mid-20s. And we all were back then. We were working 24 hours a day. You would not stop working because, you know, make hay while the sun's shining is what they say, right? And one day, this guy logs off of ICQ and I never hear from him again. So a year passes and I hear from him and I'm like, dude, what happened to you? Why did all your websites go offline? And he's like, oh, I had a heart attack. And I'm like, you, you, you had a who what now? It's like I had a heart attack. I'm like, you had a, had a heart attack at 24? <clears throat> And he's like, yeah, well, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I was just working. All I was doing was working. And to stay awake, he was also doing a f- probably more than his fair share of cocaine. Uh, he admitted that to me as well. So drugs obviously played a role here. But I, I can imagine somebody at Bioware, someone at Rockstar, somewhere at NetherRealms turning to drugs to try to fulfill that role that these companies are putting them in. You know, Or any unhealthy habit, right? right? I mean, it doesn't have to be something as like hard and illegal as cocaine. It can just be too much caffeine. Or it in my... A lack of sleep schedule. Or, my, or eating habits. Or in my case, in, awake for 24 hours a day, I would eat six or seven meals during that period of time because it's the only mm-hmm. joy I could have. And you know what? You can eat while you're working, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that guy, here's the story about that guy. All of his servers ended up going offline, so he had no more reoccurring income. Then on top of that, he had all of his bills... Then he had a tr- ridiculous number of medical bills because there's no Obamacare back then. Somebody self-employed, you just can't get health insurance. It's a period, right? So he had no health insurance, and it was a devastating heart attack. So he was in the hospital for like three months. So he pretty much spent every dime he'd earned staying alive and maintaining his life as he, as he re- rehabilitated. And so the lesson there is you can't do this to people. And in the cases of me, young Boogie at 20, in the cases of him, they, we did it to ourselves. You know, a lot of YouTubers I know are doing it to themselves. But you can't get away with that shit in another realm. So I hope, I really hope that's not true. I really hope that's not true. Uh, the most I, thing, I do too, right? And the, I was going to ask, 
Is it just because the industry has so much competition now? Is it because AAA titles take a long time to make, but there's this enormous pressure to crunch them out as quickly as possible? If I'm being entirely honest, it's mismanagement. It, it so? really comes down to Anthem could have come out two years later. You could have you could have started working on Anthem earlier than 18 months before it was released. You can do that. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to complete the game before you release it. You're allowed mm. to create a time schedule that works. You're allowed to do that, especially if you're going to monetize it, sell it for 60 bucks, sell a $99 version, sell a $120 version, sell a $200 collector edition, and then put microtransactions in the base game that gets shoved down your throat when you load the fucking game. Then you can probably afford to actually develop the game without working people to death. You can probably afford to do that. But the CEO bonus at Activision isn't as big when you do that. It's only it's only a five million CEO bonus instead of a twenty million dollar CEO bonus. Okay, and it requires a change in culture of yeah. of how these uh, studios are managed, how they're run, what is expected of developers, and uh, and what the shareholders expect from people. What they expect is maximum profits mm -hmm. and nothing else. Right. I think somewhere along the, the line, expense they... of everything. Yeah, absolutely. They figured out that. Good games don't even really make that much more money than bad games, as long as people pre-order them. Right. It's really and, about the same. And, you know, you look at Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption 2, and we know that Rockstar overworked its employees there. And you look mm -hmm. at Fortnite, and we know that Epic um, uh, overworked its employees there. And you look at, at micro, uh, uh, Microtransactions 11, Mortal Kombat 11, <laughs> and, uh, and clearly oh. that people were overworked there. And these are three of the best video games to ever come along. The art and the direction and the fighting of, of, of Mortal Kombat 11 is amazing. Fortnite is really what it does well. I mean, it does what it does well. I don't like what it does, but a lot of people do. And, mm -hmm. and Red Dead Redemption was a darling, critical darling of the year. And so at the end of the day, I... I I do believe that you can make great things that way. You know, uh, I, I, I know it's not a true statement, but the pyramids were built by slaves, right? You know, you mm -hmm. overwork people and you can create great things if you don't give a shit about the people you're making work, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, the, I, I think it's great I, things, though, right? Yeah. Like Anthem isn't a good game. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, are you playing any good games right now, Alice? You're talking about a game earlier last night when you're in my house. What game are you playing right I now? I am playing a game called Steam World Quest. I have no idea if the employees were overworked, but it is a smaller indie studio, and I really wish I could remember the name off the top of my head because they deserve the credit. Uh, give me a second. Steam World. I will say I love Steam World uh, Dig 1 and 2. I didn't. I never got into their... Their tactical game that that didn't interest me. I'm not really into tactical games. Yeah, I didn't games. play that one either. I like tactics games. Heist. I just never I never got to that one. Steam World Heist. Steam World Heist. Yeah. Right. Um. So so their their thi their whole thing is is um making their universe and their art style and characters work in multiple kinds of genres mm -hmm. of game. Yes. So uh, so what kind of genre form games? By the image. way, that is the image and form games is the company that makes these. Or the the development studio and oh, what uh, incredible incredible every game they've ever made i've loved yes absolutely um i i loved both the steam world digs and this game is a slay the spire style um card game adventure uh it is a role-playing game it's not exactly a roguelike in the same way that slay the spire is but it plays very similarly where you have uh, a character with different um 
class cards that you're playing, and that's how you fight, is you've got a deck of cards, you draw cards every turn, you use them to to do your abilities, and so on and so on. It uh, has no microtransactions, it is $25, it is only available on the Switch, and it is absolutely perfect so far. I bought it last night, my plan, after you mentioned it at my house, I bought it last night, I've downloaded it, and my plan is to play it on the plane ride to LA, and the plane ride back. And, mm-hmm. and then between like boring parts of, of the travel out there. So yeah, thank sure. you for the recommendation. It looks amazing. And for those if of you, you like Slay the Spire, if you like these kinds of games, I think you'll absolutely love it. And if you if you are out if you if you are a um, a card game lover, I mm-hmm. we we are the people to talk to about this, right? Because <laughs> here's here's the games I'm currently playing right now. I'm currently still playing Eternal. I'm currently still yeah. playing Hearthstone, and I'm currently playing a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena. And I, let me let me rant a little bit about Hearthstone. Have you got either of you played in a while? Man, no. I gave up. I, no, I, I want to like that game so much. So who, I don't. His name is Jacob. Who was I can't it? Handle it? Who was it? Ben Brode who left the company, right? Ben Brode. Yeah, when Ben Brode left the company, I said, I guarantee the last expansion because that was the last expansion he supposedly worked on was uh, the one with Jabberwock or whatever, right? And, Shutterwalk. Uh, Shutterwalk. And then like apparently he was very unhappy with that card, and it was one of the reasons he wanted to go for him as on company. Mm-hmm. I was like, they will not take risks with this new set. It'll be the most boring set they ever made. Oh my god! One of the core abilities of this set is more mechs. Another one is more beasts. Another one is twin cast. You get to play the spell twice. Seven mana. Put a five five Drake with rush into play, and then you get a copy of it when you cast it. it can only be cast one more time. Mm-hmm. Oh great! These are great cards. Yeah. I, like, they added some cool things to Mage and a couple of cool things to some of the, the classes, but overall, the cards are just so boring. Where's something interesting like the Discover mechanic? Where's something interesting like, like I, I just, I was so, they just did not take advantage of the digital realm this time, and that's the only thing Hearthstone has left to maintain as competition. They have to take advantage of RNG to create fun, interesting, splashy moments. They have to take advantage of the fact that you are a digital-only card game because Magic the Gathering is going to consume your player base. Not only is Wizards of the Coast paying big uh, uh, big, big people like Crip who are made their careers off Hearthstone play Magic the Gathering Arena, to paying them to play that. But on top of that, they are just naturally moving towards the game because... It's the better. I was going to say, you know, Crip's happy to do it too, right? Right. Like, he do it for free? He's so fucking sick of Hearthstone. Every time I want, he's just he just he does the Crip thing. He just sinks further into the chair and Mm -hmm. he's miserable. Every time his chat is like Hearthstone or Riot, he's like, okay, fine. I guess we'll do some games. I mean, it's 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 a fine game still. I'm still playing it, and you know why I'm still playing it? Because Arena ain't on my iPad yet. That's the only reason I was no player at Blizzard. If Arena makes it to iPad before we get a fucking friends list, I'm going to riot. I'm happy. <laughs> I, will, I will be so happy, though. And, and I'll tell you, I, I thought, so for those of you who are not listening, uh, no in-game spoilers. But, obviously, in-game came out this week. And it is not coincidence that Wizards of the Coast has their own in-game happening on the same weekend that in-game launch. So there's a storyline. If you're unfamiliar with the Magic the Gathering universe, let me entertain you with an interesting concept. At the beginning of the game, Richard Garfield, 25 years ago, said that you were a planeswalker, and you could walk from plane of existence to other planes of existence. You were so powerful, you could create planes of existence, okay? And then you would battle other planeswalkers for control of those planes. 
planes like Sarah's Realm, and 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 that's the only one that comes to mind right now for some reason. Dominaria. I mean, and, there's like yeah, there's like and all Kamagaya and all these right, right, mirrored and all these crazy places, right? And then right about the 15 year mark, they printed a set called Time Spiral, and when Time Spiral happened in the storyline, Planeswalkers had their sparks, which is what makes you a Planeswalker. This magic that's inside you called a spark became irrevocably changed for the worse and everybody came way less powerful the ability to planeswalk at will was taken away the ability to create planes was taken away and for the first time ever planeswalkers had a form of mortality up to this point if you awoke your spark you were immortal no matter how many times you died you would never die no matter how many times a planeswalker ever killed you over and over and over again you were fine now you could die and it takes a different form for planeswalkers than it does for regular mortals, but still, you can. And then they started weaving a storyline about a card from Legends based on a dragon named Nicol Bolas. And for seven, eight years, the they started telling a story about that character who, who Spark awoke, he became a planeswalker, and he had the plan of basically consuming and eating every other planeswalker's spark using a spell called the Elder Spell, and that's what this set is. So this set, whereas a normal magic set has one or two Planeswalker cards in it, this set has 36, 37 if you include the Biobox promo, um, and it's, God, it's, a it's a giant in-game battle where everybody shows up to fight Nicobolus, and whether or not, you know, I mean, the story's out there if you want to read it, I don't want to spoil anything for you. If you play with this set of cards, the story is actually very well told on the cards themselves, including the death of several planeswalkers, uh, named planeswalkers. There's, a, according to Morrow, uh, Mark Rosewater, the guy, lead developer of Magic, he said there are hundreds of planeswalkers that showed up that day, some that will never be named because they've died without ever being mentioned before. This is just some guy showed up. Hey, I don't know what the hell's going on. The, the beacon got lit. I, I need to go there. Wow, I can easily planeswalk there for some reason. I guess I should go see what this is. Oh, a giant... Stone oh, no, zombie honey. ate my soul. Shit. <laughs> like, that's happening. And so they capitalized on the whole in-game furor. So right now, when, when I'm done with this, I'm going to go watch Game of Thrones, and a bunch of people are going to die. And I watch in-game, and a bunch of stuff happened in in-game. And then I, I've been playing a War of the Spark, and a bunch of people died there. I have become death. <laughs> and I love it. What a week, dude. If if Days Gone didn't turn out to be a bad game, it's, it's, it's mediocre. But Oh, man. It would have been nothing but death. Nothing but yeah. death. And then I'm going to die on a plane ride tomorrow. Woo! Oh, my God. If that, if, if that comes true, could you imagine you guys upload this and like 10 minutes later I die? <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, my God, he called it. I'll just put a rip at the back. Rip. <laughs> we'll go ahead and get your in memoriam um, thing going. We'll record yeah, that oh, after this. Absolutely. Just in case. Just in case. So if you haven't downloaded Magic the Gathering Arena, we are going to talk about Magic the Gathering Arena now because we can't not. Okay? We can't not. Um, so download Magic the Gathering Arena today. Uh, just MTG. M as in mom. T as in t tomato. G as in giant nutsack. Arena.com. And uh, start playing Mom's Magic Gate. Made a giant nutsack arena. If you've ever said to yourself, I'm too stupid to learn how to play Magic, I like Yu-Gi-Oh! better because it's easier. And Hearthstone is for babies, and I prefer Hearthstone. I believe in you. I think you are smart enough to learn to play Magic the Gathering, especially because they made a tutorial in that game just for dummies like you. So mtgarena.com. 
Right. Join the 3.6969% of women that play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> so I went to a pre-release. Did either of you guys go to a pre-release? I know we had a little pre-release draft at my place. I did uh, Sunday, I did the pre-release draft at your place, mm-hmm. and I played the, yeah. I guess, pre-release on MTG Arena. Right. I went to uh, Gear, Gear Gaming in Fayetteville, the store that I put a bunch of money into and uh, entertained people. I got to sign somebody's play mat and took some photos. That was kind of cool. Um, opened a bad sealed pool and had fun doing it. But I was surprised. Because Wizards of the Coast says 40% of the player base is female, 60% is male. That's what they say based on their statistics that they have. And I was really surprised because of the 60 or so people that were gear, four were women. And I think mm-hmm. that's really close to 40%. I don't know math. No, I, that's pretty close. Is that 40%? Yeah. Right. I, I mean, all 40%. jokes is like, that's not really how statistics work. But, uh, yeah, that's that seems high to me based on like my experience at GPs and, and so on and so on. But I am curious to know, like, what are they basing that off of? Are they basing it off of DCI registration? They can't possibly be basing it off of like their digital stuff because it doesn't ask you. Right. Gender. Surveys, I guess, you know, because I, I, there's a lot of casual That's players, right. you know, there's there's a, a lot of people don't like competitive stuff. I, I, I do think a lot of women play magic. I just don't think they play at the competitive level. And I think it's because it's a bit of a challenge to go into your local gaming store as a woman. And I think that's something we as a community need to work on. And I agree when Wizards of the Coast talks about that, I agree. I think that's something as we as a community need to work on, including myself. I mean, I like inclusivity is absolutely like a direction that we should be moving in. I I was just it's so fucking weird to me when we draw these lines on it. Just be nice to everybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't. That's always that's always one of the more interesting things that I saw, no matter what their politics are. It ain't affecting the gameplay, baby. <laughs> it's mm. good, dude. Same as Mortal Kombat 11. I don't like the microtransactions, but that gameplay loop is amazing. It's, it's really just, fun it's, game to play. It's, it's just fun to play, right? Like, I get it. I don't like the microtransactions, and I will personally never buy those microtransactions. And if you don't want to buy the game because of it, I get it. And you don't want to buy Wizards of the Coast games because of it, I get it. I get it. I do. I do. I just think you're cheating yourself out of some really good games. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. You know, and so what do you guys think of Arena so far? And what do you think about the new set? Uh, I really, I like the new set. There's, it's wide open for some real wacky decks. I'm very excited. Maybe I get to use uh, Rhythm of the Wild, which is, I really want that card to be good. I don't know that it is, but I really like that card. Which card is Rhythm of the Wild? The Gruul Enchantment that uh, creatures, spells you control can't be countered and creatures you control have Riot. It's the, the rhythm sick. of the wild. Oh, wow. <laughs> it is a good card. And I have a yep. Gruel Monsters deck pre-War of the Spark, and it was okay. It was a win more situation kind of thing going on. Uh, but I think that, I do think there's a, a, a really solid build for it now with the, all the stuff that cares about counters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Proliferate yeah. is back. If you guys don't know, yeah. Proliferate is this ability that normally when you cast like a, a buff on a creature, you're getting one buff, one aura, one... Target creature gets plus three, plus three till end of turn. Enchanted creature gets plus three, plus three. But Proliferate is an ability that affects anything with counters on it, and a lot of stuff in Magic has counters on it. You could have four or five or six different things that will benefit from a Proliferate effect. And then Mm. there's a bunch of Proliferate effects. Some cost it as little as two mana plus draw a card. Mm -hmm. So some just tacked on to four casting cost creatures that are also four fours. A five casting cost four five flying creature that puts two counters on another creature when it comes into play and then proliferates twice when it dies. I think he also has trample or some nonsense. Right, and then there's like planeswalkers have counters on them. 
Mm-hmm. And they almost always have an ultimate. Not everyone in this set, but a lot of them do have ultimate abilities that just basically spell out you win the game because of this. And so when you can put extra counters quicker on a, a planeswalker, shit gets weird. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite design choices of this set actually is that a lot of the planeswalkers don't have ultimates. Yes. A lot of them have a passive ability or they have a plus and a minus, and that's it. And I think that was a, a very big decision for them to make. And mm-hmm. I think it a very positive decision as well. Yeah, Mythic, Myth, Mythic Walkers this time still have ultimates. Um, rare Walkers this time. It's the first time we've seen Rare Walkers since Lorwyn when Mythic uh, uh, Rarity didn't exist, so they didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Those creatures tend to have a minus ability and a plus ability and a static ability, but no ultimate. And then mm-hmm. the uncommon ones only have static abilities and only have... Minus, um, abilities. minus abilities. And what's interesting about that is it really makes it feel uh, a sealed game of this format makes it feel like you are experiencing end game of Magic the Gathering because, you know, if imagine, hey, again, we're not spoiling end game here, but imagine you're, you're fighting the final battle of end game and over there's Batman and over there's this Joker and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Shazam flies out of the sky, right? Uh, the, I know there's different characters, but I didn't want did to you, even run the risk of you thinking it was a spoiler, did you, okay? Did you, did you watch Endgame? Yeah, did you watch Shazam it? flies down, and then <laughs> a, the vampire Lestat, Lestat shows up, and he sucks Adam <laughs> Warlock's blood out, and the Dr. Timothy shows up. Yeah, you know, but that's what it's like. All of a sudden, Dovin is there, but Dovin's only there for two turns, and then Kai is there, and Kai is there for like 30 seconds, right? But then she gets shot in the face, and then Divine Arrowed, and then like you know, this creature shows up, and there's so much removal. The creatures are blowing up left and right. So there's creature battles going on. There's Planeswalker battles going on. On, it's chaos it's a chaos format well, and I, that's I one of the it. things that i uh, i like about the planeswalker design the uncommon ones mm-hmm. is they started a fairly high loyalty they have that passive ability and then almost always their uh minus ability is designed so that you can use it a couple of times and then not use it anymore but they still have some loyalty left over so they're still hanging out giving you their passive ability and your opponent needs to attack it and get rid of it to get rid of that passive ability of the planeswalker. Yep, it's mm-hmm. amazing. It's it's yeah. fantastic design. I love it. We got to play in the uh, the sealed event. Thanks, Wizards. We appreciate it. Uh, excuse me, the streamer event, the like early access event, and that is my favorite time to ever play Magic. Not only because they gave me a full collection uh, for that you know period, but also nobody's concerned with climbing a ladder. Nobody's concerned with uh, with trying to like find the best deck for climbing a ladder. It's the fucking Wild West and everybody's just brewing up the craziest jank that they can think of mm-hmm. and viewers are giving them decks and so on and so on. I want more events like that. Not just every time we you know get a new set. I wish they would just every month do a streamers only thing where they just pick a bunch of streamers and let them play their shit. That would be fantastic because that's the most fun I've had playing Magic in years when everybody's just coming with weird stuff and we're all just playing to have fun. I or, love that. Or just doing the weekend event. Instead of giving us like Momir Basic every other weekend and then the mm-hmm. Cascade event every other weekend, like let everybody load into a thing where they can build a deck with whatever cards they want and there's no ladder and you just build whatever deck you want or give them a weird restriction on deck building or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, that sounds fantastic and like a blast and then you have your cards within that event and then whenever you go back to your regular collection you know they're not giving their product away for free but that would be a blast that is the most fun playing arena that i've ever had Mm -hmm. whenever i can put like rhythm of the wild and vanifar and fibble fib and rekindling phoenixes and ravager worm all in one deck and i'm like yeah this is fine we'll just go and if i lose fine whatever i'll just reek you 
day nine's over here with Nicol Bolas using Jace Cunning Castaway to make more Nicol Boluses. Mm-hmm. Nicol Boli? I think that's Nichols a deck. Nichols Bolas? I think that's a deck, if I'm being honest with you. It might, I, that might I, be I think that might deck. actually be a deck until that rotates out of Yeah. I see people brewing that, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is terrifying. It's it's scary. Yeah. How many nickel bolus I mean, is you the, having in them? The oh, first okay. thing that you do with nickel bolus is make a second one. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, magic is man. I'm telling you guys, you, you got to get out there. You got to play magic. It's it's without a doubt. I easily say the best game I've ever played in my life. And I'm even gonna get out there. Tears. Yeah. You're even gonna get out there. You don't have to put pants on. That was anymore. a weird. That was the weirdest part of. That was the weirdest part about going to play Physical Magic at the pre-release. I'm like, I have to put on pants, and my dog isn't here, and I have to wait, and this guy is trying to talk to me, and I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to talk to you. Because you are a human, and humans are scary to me, so please don't. Thank you. you uh yeah so uh, i mean i'm glad you enjoyed the the pre-release event i'm i'm having a lot of fun with war for the spark war mm-hmm. of the spark i always get Wars it wrong for the spark <sighs> i always get it wrong i'm gonna get people are gonna make fun of me for not knowing just call it's it magic the gathering the it, call it magic the gathering endgame for the spark in the spark speaking of by the way this is this is my other i mean because like obviously the reason that magic gathering had their in game it's not a coincidence that it's taking place at the same time as marvel's in game did you also notice that the Gatewatch showed up when the avengers made 18 billion dollars oh yeah it's surprising that's also not a fucking coincidence i'm not surprising it's so hard not talking about in game just so you know because have have either of you seen it yet have either of you seen it no, I have not, not seen it yet. Okay, all right. Not, if, not. If, uh, the people out there watching, we are saving our in-game spoilers. But a little plug, I do have a review of it up on my YouTube channel that includes spoilers. <laughs> so why don't you go watch that? Because I could not help but talk about that game. It's But I, as they say, Doctor Strange watched an in-game 14.3 million times, and he never spoiled anything. So, oh, wow. That's yeah, very nice of him. Yeah, Did nice. either of you watch the the cinematic trailer for War? The, with with, yeah. uh, with Liliana? So Liliana, funny. yeah. With the Linkin Park song, I, I was it. not <laughs> expecting that. That threw me for a fucking. That was movie. surprising. Well, the cover. Yeah. For, for those of you who don't know, most of the time the the covers are the, the 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 trailers are static pictures with a little bit of animation added to it, and then like a voiceover going, "Jace is mad because someone ate his yogurt or whatever," you know. And now his, his mind yogurt war for my sandwich in the fridge of the gate watch coming soon. <laughs> the point that I am making is the point that I make is the trailer for war of the spark was a fully animated CGI beautiful moment with this cover, this haunting cover of a Lincoln park song. And it showed, I love that cover. I went and downloaded that. Cover. I'm like, I like this cover. This is good. I want to have this on my phone. Okay, um, I'm sleep under this cover, and uh, and and that shows Liliana. Minor spoiler here for a trailer you're never going to watch. So come on, pause this and go watch it, and then come back if you want. You got sixty <laughs> seconds if you don't want a spoiler. It shows it is a short trailer, right? Because yeah. let's let's be honest. If you've stayed this long for Magic Talk, you've seen it. Okay, <laughs> um, but it shows Liliana marching towards her, her uh, what is presumably going to be her win, right? Um, and then it's it's reversing from there. And so you you see her as very menacing and very scary at the beginning of the thing, but it's rewinding, 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 and it shows two children getting murdered the same way her her 
friend or sibling got murdered back brother. in her storyline. Her brother got murdered in her storyline, and she sees that little girl trying to you know save the life of of the the the, the fallen brother, and they both get crushed. And then it that's the point that it rewinds to. And that's the point that instead of helping her uh, Nickel Balls defeat the Gatewatch, which she is contractually obligated to do by a contract written on her skin by demons, and if she doesn't do it, she will be consumed in fiery whatever demon juice. You know, bad stuff. Bad stuff, right? Sense <laughs> in the shadow realm. And so it's revealed that the march that she's making is not to end the Gatewatch. That march is to face down and end her enslaver, Nicol Bolas. And oh my God, I'm choking up. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, and then in the storyline, if you play through the game or you read the books or whatever. Um, there are no books no more. Right, then like Gideon. The log posts. <laughs> Gideon steps in and, and sucks up all the magic, all the bad juju, and then he gets murdered. Um, but since he's from Theros, and if you're from Theros, things work differently when you die. He doesn't actually die. He gets to just go home and have a heartwarming reunion. So it's kind of a cop out. It's kind of a cop out. It's not like when they killed um, Aquaman in Endgame, Mm. (laughs) or who Mm -hmm. who else did they kill him? They killed the Joker in Endgame. You know. Okay. All right. Uh, But (laughs) that's a good movie, man. (laughs) So far, is there any still the only dead planeswalker? Is there any? uh, No. Who's the? Cause she's not even dead. Cause she died on Theros. Vincer's a. Oh, Vincer's dead. Dead. Is yeah, Vincer's dead. Vincer's, only dead planeswalker. Yeah, because they—that's the also time dead. spiral storyline. They just sucked his spark right out of him, and he just straight up died. And I guess all the uh, nameless ones too. Right? Or, yeah. I'm sorry, he died in, in Mirrodin. Oh, yeah, I thought it was in the time spiral walk because I wasn't. Because nope, he comes back in in uh, New Phyrexia. In New Phyrexia, the the sojourner. Oh, yeah, Vincent the sojourner. I thought he was, was a, a planeswalker before that. Who spark and did they the use? Who sparked it to fairy use to mend the planes his own. during time spiral? His own. Oh, his spark. I thought he yeah, sucked he somebody else's spark out. Nope, he used his own. And now I know the elder spell, so I can do it myself. <laughs> the point that I'm making is: Did we miss any gaming news that we need to talk about? Is there nope. anything gaming related? Nothing. Nothing has happened. I'm gonna go play Borderlands. Then I mean, Borderlands. I, 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 I think you should go make yeah. some some video game news. Yeah, like, yeah. make Borderlands. Uh, I I have, but I I don't know if you guys played the remaster for Borderlands. I I went to Dallas the night uh, to get my T surgery done. And the night before that, um, I hung out with uh, my friend Johnny V. Um, you might know him from Disney Infinity. He's now working over there at Gearbox. I don't know what he's working on at Gearbox. That's weird, but he's there. He's and, working on the box. All right, Borderlands and, Toys to Life. Yeah, game. probably something oh like that, God. right? But he uh, he's a great guy, and uh, so I got to hang out with him and uh, Christy Pitchford. Uh, Randy was, uh, I think, in Japan at the time, so I get, didn't get to see Randy. I got to tour the Gearbox offices with my friend Wood, uh, Wood Beat-Em-Ups. I know it's a small shout-out, but go check out Wood's channel. It's uh, Beat-Em-Ups here on YouTube. Uh, just mostly Nintendo Switch content, stuff like that. He's a great guy. He's, I, he's an upcoming YouTuber. I think he's going to be ten times bigger than I ever was eventually. I think he's going to be Angry Joe level, like, you know, Jim Sterling, Total Biscuit level of, of gaming commentary. I think he's going to be amazing. Maybe Markiplier one day. I think he's wow. that talented. But that said, uh, Christy Pitchford took us uh, a tour of the offices, and I got photos with Handsome Jack, and I got photos with Claptrap. And now I hate those photos because they're pre-teeth. <laughs> oh, of and course. Like, so I'm like, oh, no, look at that <laughs> broken Photoshop picket fence. <laughs> Oh, that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, Yeah. no problem. But it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, and now I, and I'm going to this uh, event to go play Borderlands, and I don't know what I'm allowed to say, what I'm not allowed to say. I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to 
talk too much about what I see, but I, I, I'm getting to leave with gameplay footage. I know that sounds exciting. Mm. Cool. That's that's going to be great. I have a review copy of Borderlands 3 that I just intend to play. I'm getting to review it before the game's even done. Uh, I'm oh. on such a non-disclosure agreement. I'm not allowed to tell you that I'm not allowed to tell you about nice, it. Nice. That's smart. I, my question is, I, so I got, I got the remastered version of Borderlands for Xbox One mm-hmm. and uh, played through most of it. I haven't finished the storyline yet. I hope that I will. But Borderlands 1 is fine. Borderlands 2 is a lot better. And I did not give a crap about uh, I tried so hard to get into the pre-sequel, and I just couldn't. It's a lot of people that, that fell flat for apparently. Yeah, I don't know if it's because is that the one with the moon gravity shit? Mm-hmm. And that's why yeah, that I can't get into sucks. it. Right? That's a bad game. The writing is not as good. I mean, Anthony Birch was a good writer. I, that, that guy's had me blocked on Twitter since the beginning of time, but it doesn't change the fact that he was a good writer. Um, and I miss his writing. Um, and I I don't know who's writing for Borderlands Three, but uh, you, it was definitely a, a noticeable absence for the pre sequel, and so the story wasn't that great, and the the mechanics were not that great, and I didn't care enough about the guns. So going back to form for Borderlands Three, I think is a smart decision. I hope that's what they do. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. And please don't fuck it up. <laughs> Please, please, please. Come on, Ed Boon, Wizards. Because I'll just buy it. I'm just going to buy it on the Xbox. Have you guys replayed any of the Borderlands recently at all? Uh, Yeah, I played uh, the remaster on PC a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, It felt like Borderlands 1, which is an okay game. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, I went back and played a little bit of Borderlands 2 as well, just to kind of get myself back in that mode and and see what it was like. That way, whenever I go into Borderlands 3, I kind of have like a a good frame of reference because up until then, I hadn't played those games for many, many years. Many, many years. So They are still pretty good. They're pretty good. Even even Borderlands 1 is still pretty good i i think that we have uh come a long way in those style of games and um borderlands 3 would do well to um bring itself into 2019 because if you put out borderlands 1 in 2019 i don't think that's a good game right I think exactly right not a good game yeah even uh, remastered it's just <clears> not <throat> it's not it's, enough right it's fine Right, yeah. but it's definitely a product of its era. It was doing new things at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't necessarily need like a hundred percent new things from Borderlands Three, but we need a modern game. We don't need yeah. Borderlands One or Two. Yep, I agree. Um, so you're you're about to head out to go do that. Mm-hmm. Do you want do Do you want me to take us out on a weird question? Yes, oh my God. please. I've been waiting so long. Okay, all right. This was a pretty short one. It's pretty simple. What is your gamer fuel? Hatred, hatred. No, no, that's that's a game review for eighty percent of the people I play. I swear to God. Um, you want to know what my gamer fuel is? While you guys mull it over, fuel? what I gotta think about what uh, what do I run on? What is your gamer diesel? Fuel? My gamer fuel? Oh, just diesel. Diesel. Yes, huh. I am talking about Vin. Mm-hmm. My gamer fuel is Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Nice. Now, okay, Vin Diesel. Is it like a like a solar energy type of thing where you're like absorbing Vin Diesel's rays. Are you burning Vin Diesel as a fossil fuel? Oh no, no, no. I would never hurt Vin Diesel in any way. I just like running on a wheel. I have multiple monitors, right? And I have Uh my game up on one monitor and then every other monitor has various JPEGs of Vin Diesel. Okay. Yeah. Various poses and shirtlessness. And you've got your, and I just photovoltaic Vin Diesel, you know, panels. I, I absorb the, the the no chin angry face. Got him. Imagine I'm bald. 
I know what my gamer fuel is. I figured it out. What is it? What's what your gamer? Your, fuel? What is your gamer fuel? My existential dread and my desire to not think about it. <laughs> oh man, it's, it's an escape. No, 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 no. Yeah, because that I is. I one hundred percent get it. No, no, no. I'm on board with that. That is arguably okay. So. Again, let's talk about Marvel movies for just one second. No spoilers, okay? <laughs> Existential dread and my desire to not deal with okay. it. Let's talk about Marvel movies. But you guys saw Infinity War, and I think it's okay to talk about a minor thing in Infinity War, right? Yeah, There's a moment in Infinity War where one of the girls is getting beat up, right? And then three other, um, three other people show up, and they're all girls. All the girls show up, and then four or five girls fight to defend the one girl that fell down, right? And it's this girl power moment, and they say something like "girl power, yay girls" or something like that. When the and hell does that happen? It happens, I don't remember. It any happens of that. in the Battle of the End of Infinity War, and for you guys, that probably is so natural it doesn't throw you out of the moment, right? But it throws me out of the moment because I'm not used to seeing that. That's not that's weird for me to see four girls, five girls band together and say something like "our vaginas will defeat Thanos." That's weird to me. I've, that, <laughs> like, that, that, I, right? I, I mean, I, I haven't seen that movie in a while, I, <laughs> right. but I think I'd remember right. okay. that. This is why I don't like the fact that in Mortal Kombat 11, Shao Kahn literally says, "Let's make Outworld great again." I don't want that in my video game. That reminds me of the miserable state of my country, the miserable state of the world I live in. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about Donald Trump while I'm playing my video game. Yes, I get it. You don't like Donald Trump. And you're, you're making the comparison to Shao Kahn and Donald Trump. And you're saying they're the same person. And, and, and it makes you feel good to say that. I get that. But that ain't why I'm playing Mortal Kombat 11. Don't give Donald Trump that much credit. Right. That, yeah. Well, I, I get it. I get Shell it. Shao Kahn's way more capable. Yeah. Right, right. But regardless, I Trump get it. Trump couldn't even lift a hammer. But I hate it because I just want to... <laughs> a little hammer. I just want to rip Sonya heart, Sonya Blade's heart out and eat it. Is that, <laughs> is that so wrong? I just want to kick Johnny Cage in the nuts over and over and over again without thinking about Donald Trump for 10 fucking minutes is the only 10 minutes of my day that I don't have to think about Donald Trump being the fucking president because I have 10 fucking minutes to not think about it, goddamn! Nope. Hey, Ellis, what's your gamer fuel? It's uh, it's making Boogie think about Donald Trump. <laughs> shit. I fucking live on that shit. That gets you through the day. I, I write little notes and I just like leave them in his house all the time. Like, hey, do you remember when he said that windmills cause cancer? Do you remember that? Okay, Specifically, just, the okay, sound just, from windmills causes right. cancer. I've got, I've got, I've tapped into Boogie's like camera feeds all over the place, and every <laughs> single time he remembers the state of our country, I'm just like, oh god, a little jolt of energy. <laughs> I'm ready to start the day. Get a little pep in your stuff. You're walking oh, down the road. That's exactly it. Though a lot of people were mad that Jax uses the time power from Mortal Kombat 11 to stop uh, slavery. And I actually really enjoyed that ending. So I, I guess it's it each their own, right? I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. I like that. That was good. Hey, good job, Jax. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's mm -hmm. got some weird story going on. Yeah, it's got some weird story, yeah. There's a lot of nonsense, that's, but it's Jax, a strange Jax, direction to Jax go. Jax goes back in time to end slavery. I might have I mean, went I might have personally went with the Holocaust, but hey, that's cool. Well, I mean, why not both? Yeah, that right, yeah, that's what you I'm got saying. Time powers, do it all. You got time right. powers. Why is there still a fucking Mortal Kombat tournament? What are you doing, Jax? Yeah, he likes that part. He likes that. He likes the killing of the the, the people. That's fun. Yeah, that's fun for Jax. I don't understand. I mean, the Lord Mortal Kombat is making out worlders. All I have to go on are the fucking movies. I saw the movies when I was a kid. I've seen them a lot since. So oh, dude, the first one. That's I the got only news for you. No, it's I got news for you. It's stupider than that. 
That's oh, yeah, it's impossible. so stupid. Yeah, it's, it's so stupid. way stupider than that, but in very, very good ways, just like the Mortal Kombat movie. Right. It's stupid in the right ways. Okay, so here's, here's how Mortal Kombat was written. Ed, if you ever see this, I apologize, okay? But imagine a 1980s, 1980s Ed Boon, okay? And he's jealous of Street Fighter's success. And he says, Mullet. I want that money to have. How do I do it? How do I do that? And then him and three other programmers go into a room and do a ridiculous amount of cocaine. Just all the cocaine, okay? Big mountains of cocaine. Furnished by Midway, by the way. Because back in the 80s. How did they get that? Corporate cocaine. Corporate cocaine, right? And so Ed Bone at some point goes, Oh, God, one of the fighters is named Scorpion and he shoots fire. And then the other one is shoots ice, and his name is Sub Zero, and they're brothers. <laughs> and then they wrote that down and made it. <laughs> and, and then it just is, is it's got also their brother. And then no. fucking noob Saibot, fucking that's Sub Zero's brother. And I, I think I think Baihan is somebody's brother. Noob Saibot is 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 Sub Zero's brother. The original Sub Zero, the current Sub Zero's brother. Because there's multiple Sub Zeros. Because there's multiple Scorpions. Because there's so much cocaine here at Midway. It's, yeah, dude, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Is Jack Sonya's partner? Because in the movie, she's like upset that her partner has been killed by Kano. But in the second movie, Jack shows up and he's like, "Hey, I'm your partner," and she's like, "Yeah, I know." They're all kind of part of the military. Yeah, they're they're military, all part of like right. the same yeah. military group. Okay. Yeah. But Cause, I, cause Jackie is part of it as well, but which is Jax's uh, daughter. I don't oh. care for the lore, but I do like it when, um, sub zero rips your spine out. So that's fun. Okay. I, I like, I like the lore. I like that. They spent a lot of time retconning themselves and just <laughs> digging themselves into a deeper, weirder nonsense hole. That's great. I right. love that. Right. I, I will say one more thing about uh, now that I said something mean about Ed Boone. Let me say something nice about Ed, Ed Boone. Who's the guy who's currently in charge of the, the 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 DC Cinematic Universe? What's his name? I do not uh, know. It's it's Ted Noon. No, it's the guy who. It's fucking. Hold on, I'm googling it's, it. It's Jim DC. It's Joseph Joestar. Uh, who's the director who made Batman versus Superman? That that was uh, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Okay. Oh, okay. If you've played Injustice 1 and Injustice 2, let me tell you something, okay? Ed Boone has a better grasp and understanding of what to do with DC characters than Zack Snyder ever could. And yes, both the Injustice 2 storyline and the, the Zack Snyderverse are very, very dark. But one of them makes sense. So, uh, uh, at least one was entertaining. Like Superman that kills and, and goes crazy because he's a killer, that's fun. I enjoy that. All right, now you said something bad about Zack Snyder. You got to say something good about Zack Snyder. He will yeah. eventually stop making movies. Hopefully, oh, one wow. day. What a, what a good thing. What That's a dream world to live in. Not every movie he's made is terrible. Like, Watchmen's I. Did you guys like Shazam? I, I, I didn't, didn't watch it. Shazam. Oh, it's funny. It was really good. It was really, really You're good. You're talking to us. We don't fun. like movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys should do a review of Endgame because I think you might actually like it. There's a lot of stuff in there that you're not going to like, but I think you'll like the movie as a whole. Sure. So you guys yeah, should do that. I mean, I'll watch it. Guys, let, like, them, let them know in the comment section after they watch it if you want a review with just those guys. Because I already posted a review. You've already seen it. If you haven't already seen it, then you're dead to me. Guys, you've been listening to the Big, ba uh, big Stack Podcast. Um, <laughs> any closing <laughs> remarks there, Jacob? Oh, no. I guess I'm dead to you. Oh, I'm, I'm dead. I was dead this whole time. Any closing Ooh. remarks, Ghost of Jacob? 
Yeah. Uh... A ghost of El. You're the ghost of Alice. How are you the ghost of Jacob? <laughs> no, I'm the ghost. What is of happening? Jacob. Look, I I'm I'm the ghost of Jacob's PR uh, representative. Okay, I feel mm -hmm. all questions for the ghost of Jacob. Yes. And, uh, hey, just remember that uh, Donald Trump is is probably going to be. Uh, I just want to play a fucking video game. <laughs> You know they're going to reference them in Borderlands. You know they're going to. It's just going to get referenced in everything for the next 20 fucking years because we elected a fucking meme. I know. Guys, you've been listening to the Big Stack Podcast. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, follow us everywhere that it's available. Don't forget our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Big Stack Podcast. And as usual, a big shout out to our patrons. I know we lost a couple in the last couple of weeks, but some of you guys are sticking it out for the long haul, and I can't thank you enough. I apologize. Uh, with the traveling and everything else, I can't always be here. That's why I was being extra obnoxious this episode uh, to try to make up for the fact that I may not be available for the next episode, and I'm definitely not going to be available for some of June, and eventually I'll die in this podcast will go on so uh you guys i want you guys to enjoy uh ellis and jacob and there's been two three thousand of you that tuned in for episodes that wouldn't even involve me and i'm so grateful and who knows maybe this episode will be worse than the last ones without me who knows i don't know maybe. i don't know some of you some of you have told me on twitter that you fell for the april fool's joke and really thought that was the last episode please come back <laughs> let everyone know that was an april fool's joke guys as always thanks for watching we'll miss you guys we love Goodbye. you very much. We'll speak with Goodbye. you again. Goodbye. 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 That's what my teeth sound like now.